0: a better way of doing some things, and I think that there's a better way of um, servicing startups and small business as it relates to um, start, or patents and trademarks. Hey everybody, this is uh, Devin Miller here at the Inventive Journey podcast, and just uh, welcome everybody to another great episode this episode is going to be a bit different um more, normally on the, the uh, podcast we have guests on that you know talk about their inventive journey the startup that they've been involved with what they've been a part of and kind of you know their journey as to what got them uh, excited about where they're at um this episode i'm going to talk a little bit about my inventive journey so i have uh run my own patent and trademark law firm, and I love working with uh, startups and small businesses. And one of the reasons that I love working with startups and small businesses is because I have done it myself. I've been a part of several startups and small businesses, grown them, um, ran them, and done all of that. And so it's uh, one that I wanted to um, share a little bit about my journey on today's episode. And you can get to know a little bit more about me, the host, as well as uh, my inventive journey. So if I were to kind of start um, back at, to where my inventive journey started, for me, it was really probably an MBA school. So if I may have shared in the past, I, uh, I have a few different degrees. I went to BYU, Brigham Young University for my undergraduate degree, and I did a degree in both Chinese and, and electrical engineering. So I did both of those degrees, my undergraduate, and then I uh, was kind of got towards the end of that and I was trying to decide okay now I've done you know electrical engineering in Chinese what do I want to do with my career and I, I kind of found that I loved I liked being an engineer and enjoyed that but I didn't love getting into quite as much on the detail level as often I like to more be on the high level be on the ability to work with multiple inventions keep different things and so I you know kind of was looking for what made sense how I could integrate my love for engineering also with other interests and I also had an interest and always wanted to be kind of part of a startup and small business and always wanted to be, do my own thing. And so I kind of got to where they, that end of that undergraduate and was trying to think do I want to do MBA school and more go towards a um, startup and business route or do I want to go more for the law route because I'd also had an interest in the law. And so I decided to split the baby a bit. And so I went to um, Case Western Reserve in Cleveland, Ohio and did uh, both a law degree and an MBA degree at the same time. And so I was kind of going down that route and doing both of those and enjoying it. And it was kind of two different experiences to do both of those degrees at the same time. And there was an opportunity that came up. And so the opportunity was, is, you know, if I wasn't already busy enough at that time, I was doing a JD, I was doing an MBA, we'd had our first kid, and I was also working about 20 hours a week at an internship um, at, a, at a law firm for uh, the intellectual property patent and trademark side. Um, but on the MBA side, it came up that there was a business competition at the school. And so, um, with, and then what it basically was, is it took people from different disciplines, whether it's engineering, whether it's MBA, whether it's the legal, whether it's design, and it kind of brought all those people together and it, um, it was a competition to where you bring all those different people from the different schools within the university together and you'd enter in come up with a new idea and enter it into a business competition and then they would be judge they would give you a small stipend you come up with a prototype push as far as you could and then they would judge who won so the first year we entered in and uh, we entered in with a oh it was a gym bag that uh, was anti odor that uh, didn't smell didn't stink and so made it so it was a lot you know the idea was, and what we did is, we incorporated basically the idea of uh, skin or skin from sharks or the scales from sharks, because they noticed that that doesn't grow as much bacteria on it, and so it's kind of almost by the definition of uh, the, the scales is antibacterial, and that's a lot of thing what causes gym bags this thing. So we entered that the first year, we took second place, um, and we you know we had a good time, and then we went about our um, each of us went back and continued on with our schooling. Um, the next year came around and we all got happened to be still in school, hadn't none of us had graduated yet. So we got back together and said, okay, last year we did that. Do we want to do that again? Do we want to improve on it? No, not really. And so we kind of went back to the the whiteboard and said, Okay, now what do we want to do this year? And we went through a few different ideas, kicked them around. One of the ones I still thought was fun, but we never could figure out quite how to make it work was a self-packing box where you close up the box you'd push a button and it would have some uh, expanding material that would go all around whatever objects you had in the box. It would make it uh, so it was secured and protected. Um, thought it was a really cool idea and we actually started down that route and then we got into it and it just didn't seem to make sense, more complex, and um, also had some uh, patent and trademark issues with uh, particularly patents with what others had already done. So again, went back to the drawing board again and uh, I remember when I was walking home, um, from one of our brainstorming ideas where we really hadn't come up with anything. And I was, you know, at that time, and I still do like to run and exercise. And so I was into, I just run my uh, first marathon not too long ago. And I was thinking to myself, you know, and I did the classic mistake when you run a marathon of um, not hydrating well enough. So I'd, I started to run the marathon And I thought, okay, I got this great idea. What I'm going to do is I'll only stop at some of the hydration stations because each of them takes some time and that will shave off some of my time and I won't get as good of a time. I won't run as quick. So I'll only stop at every few rather than all of them. Um, Big mistake. Don't recommend doing it. So um, learned after that, that the importance of hydration that, you know, depending on how well you hydrate before, as well as during the run as to how painful and how, um, how well you'll perform is there's a, a large extent due to the hydration as well as the preparation. So I said, wouldn't it be, or I thought of myself as I was walking home from that brainstorming session with that in mind, wouldn't it be cool if you could have a wearable that could tell you what your hydration level is or how well you're hydrated? And I said, yeah, you know, thinking to myself, yeah, that'd be cool. And, you know, then trying to think through this you got to think of this, this was before the days of the iWatch, the Fitbit or any other of the wearables out there is really, predating all of that there was one wearable that was out there It didn't really have much to do with it it was kind of a um, stress level monitor type thing um, but there really wasn't anything out there and so I said okay that you know that no that would be cool you know you, and then it can applies into athletes and it applies into military and it applies into first responders and firefighters and on and on and so I started to kind of get excited and talk about that idea and so went back uh, or kind of worked with it went to my uh, father who's an electrical engineer as well And, you know, kind of spitballed off, said, you know, would this even be possible? How do we start to approach doing this? And started to work through the idea and then looped in the the rest of the group. Long story short, came up with kind of a very rudimentary prototype that we entered into the competition. Did some testing on myself, saw some early and positive results, and uh, we entered into the competition. And we took second place again, which is always a bit of a downer. And I'm a little bitter about it. In the sense that the person that took set, or first place or the team was the same team that entered it in last year. They didn't come up with a new idea. They didn't come up with anything. All they did was take the money they got, reinvested in the company and made it a little bit more polished and nicer than their last year. But hadn't really done anything more. Whereas we come up with a new, really new cool idea. So I'm always slightly bitter. But we took, re-entered it in and took second place. And so I got done with that. And I decided I was now graduating. That was my senior year said, okay, I'm going to be going back to Utah. I would already accepted a job at another patent and trademark office or firm and decided, okay, I, I still have a great amount of interest in this product. see a lot of potential, but all of the teammates were all dispersing throughout the country. None of nobody else was coming back to Utah. We're all spreading out and said, okay, well, that's probably, for a startup, not going to work to have everybody spread out. So I decided I took my, basically, my earnings, along with a little bit of my savings, bought out all of my other, um, Partners in that uh, competition, so I acquired their interest. Um, we had a, a patent, and it was actually the first patent I had drafted, from start to finish, all the way from starting, filed it myself, went through the patent office, and it was. Uh, so that was, I bought their interest in that, bought their interest in all anything else associated with the business, and went back to Utah. So now I'm sitting here um, working for a patent and trademark law firm, and I had this business, and I, at that point I'd. Uh, had, my dad was continuing to work on it with me, continuing to develop it. We'd had one other uh, guy that was within uh, that we knew that was uh, a programmer that did a lot of uh, software and uh, embedded code and development on that stuff. And we looped him in. And so we started to continue to push that forward, continue to develop it, um, continue to file a few patent applications on it, and was pushing it forward. And that point, we kind of got to the point where, okay we're really going to make it go at this. We're not going to just be able to bootstrap it too much technology, too much of a road in front of us, too much work. So we went out and we hired an investor or not hired. We got an investor to come in on the company and they were much more on the sales and marketing and productization and bringing it to market. And they had a lot of experience on that realm. So not only were they investor, they were also, they were investing money, but they all also bringing in their experience and their expertise and actually being part of the company. So it was a great, great match. So we got there and we continued on and um, continued to push it forward. We got that investment dollars and we were developing it. And uh, we got it to a point, we'd uh, started to go out, we'd actually had uh, colleges or collegiate level as well as professional athletes were testing this out. Um, We had uh, what was called, you know, one of the universities that does a lot of work on hydration that was doing some uh, testing on it. And we're getting to the point where we really were getting wanting to launch it. But as we were getting ready to launch it, we basically came to the conclusion that we didn't have, a, we needed an additional rounds of investment or money to really make this polish, make it look nice, make it look like a great, not just functionally and doing well, but make it look like a really nice looking product. And at that point, um, we were going out kind of seeing what our options were. We, do we take on more investing dollar, investment dollars? Can we do a Kickstarter or do something that uh, bring in some more dollars? And we kind of were exploring that realm. And as it happens, uh, another contact that was of my father's, um, he was—they had been talking back and forth and talking around the idea of a similar wearable, a lot of the same technology, but was in for diabetes monitoring. And so we then we kind of, as we were exploring the other routes, also started to talk with them and saying, okay, diabetes monitoring, diabetes market, and and people suffering from diabetes is a big field with a lot of need. And could we take our technology, a lot of what we built up, a lot of the intellectual property we would since developed from there. I think at that time we'd had 20, 25 patents filed on the technology says, is this applicable? One, can we take our sensors and our technology that we've been able to use for hydration and do it for diabetes monitoring? And then the answer was, yeah, a lot of this was overlapping. We had optical sensors. We had bioimpedance sensors. Um, one of the biggest issues with diabetes monitoring, especially non-invasively or with a wearable is that, um, water masks, a lot of what you can see with diabetes. And so hydration was actually a big part of trying to see what was going on in the body with relation, with regards to hydration. So with that, we continue to explore down the routes and we ended up de- doing a pivot. We decided what would be really cool is to take all of that technology, take all of what we've done and, uh, and license and doing exclusive license to that company to what would be the wearable diabetes monitoring so that they can then use what we developed along with some other great technology they developed in their exclusive or ex- internally, um, marry them together and uh, get a wearable that could do diabetes monitoring. So that was where we ended up pivoting and, and gave them an exclusive license. Um, some of us stayed on board. Myself, I continue to be a part of that company, um, help on the development as well as the intellectual property and a lot of the engineering, along with a lot of others, it's a big lift. And so that's, uh, that's where that company ended up. So we went from business competition, buying people out, moving back to Utah, along with a full-time job as a patent attorney, doing this as my side hustle, um, getting an investor on, pushing it, getting a fully functional prototype, testing it, deciding if we we're going to do a product launch, pivoting, doing an exclusive license all the way to a wearable high, or wearable diabetes monitor, which is what our glucose monitor, which is what uh, is the current iteration of the product. So that's one. That's one of my startups. Along with that, I have since then, I you know went to a couple other firms along the way, uh, way and decided, you know, I enjoy working for firms for some things, but I really want to do my own thing. I think that there's better way of doing some things and i think that there's a better way of um, servicing startups and small business as it relates to um, start or patents and trademarks and so i decided along with that i've uh, was going to start my own uh, product or patent and trademark firm which is miller ip law you can see it on the back i guess it's over there there we go um you can see that i started miller ip law which is where I focus on and the, myself and the other attorneys of the firm was startups and small businesses. And really, the idea was is that, you know, first of all, I love startups and small businesses, done it myself, but I also wanted to help other people. So I wanted to help other startups and small businesses know how to get patents, how to get trainer, when to get them if you need them, and how to build, fold that into a business plan and how that actually makes sense. So, startup number one pay, or was the hydration monitor that's now is monitoring. Startup number two, is going to be, oh, sorry about that. Had the slight technical difficulties. Um, startup number two was Miller IP law, which is the patents and trademark law firm that myself and the other attorneys at the firm are, um, helping startups and small businesses with patent and trademark. So that's number two. Um, number three, when I was doing all of that, there was a, um, One of my neighbors had started up what was a a religious product. So my personal self, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or some people know as LDS or Mormon, um, was a member of there. And they had a religious uh, products uh, company. They were going to start up that was called Oil Vault. So they would started that up. And a few months in, I thought it was a really cool idea. um, And I decided that I wanted to get involved with it, that I thought it would be a fun business to be involved with. It'd be something I could get passionate about and enjoy. So did that. Um, worked with them. They were great, um, great people to work with, you know, great founders and co-founders of the company. And we grew that for a couple of years and got to a point where a lot of competing interests and they, you know, they had other competing interests and other things to do. So I bought them out and acquired that as a, a different company or, or as a company that now I wholly own. So along with um, diabetes wearable, along with Miller IP law, I also did uh, mount, or what's called oil bald. Where we do with some religious products that's related to the LDS or Mormon community. Along with that, I also um, wanted or started with my dad and took over from my dad. What's called Mountain Green Engineering, which is what we do is we help uh, startups and small businesses. Kind of dovetails in or is partnership with Miller IP Law, but it's on the engineering and product development, and prototyping side. So. Mountain Green Engineering is a product development and engineering and software and prototyping firm where it basically help startups and small businesses to take their idea or, or their prototypes or whatever stage they're at along the, the path and help them to actually generate or build what would be a, a mock-up and then a prototype and then a functional model of their, um, their idea or their invention. So have that in the background as well. So now I've built up about four different companies. All in the space of about six or seven years, and I enjoy every one of them. They're fun and they're and and they're a blast. Last one is is I have a couple more companies um, that are in the works that will be launched in the end of uh, 2020. So all of that said, that's kind of my, been my inventive journey. It's been one where I love startups and I love to do different things and I love to be able to jump in and dive in and be able to push those forward. So I like to do it with my law firm and helping other. Um, startups and small businesses I like to help product development helping startups and small businesses to develop their products There's some businesses I like to do myself I like to do the the wearables and doing that I like to do religious products and I guess for me the common theme has been that you know if I can find something that I love that I'm passionate about and that I think I can do well at that's where I dive in that's where been my journey is finding those avenues or those paths where or, or you know where I can add and I can grow and I can do things that I enjoy and where I can devote my passion to has really been exciting and different for me. So that's a little bit about my journey and where I've been. If I were to then jump to one of the questions I always ask everybody that comes on the podcast is, you know, what is the the worst decision I've made or what's the, the worst uh, experience I've had with the, uh, with on along my inventive journey. Um, that one it was probably one of the businesses I was associated with um, got a loss or gotten a lawsuit. it was basically an unrelated company that uh, we'd had uh, some relationship with or other um, with uh, or that my father had had um, that he'd done some years ago and that he'd done. And they had an unrelated product, but they felt that they had claim to what was our product without getting into the details and what the lawsuit was. We got dragged into what I felt was a frivolous lawsuit, or was didn't it didn't have a foundation? And you know, people are gonna say, "Oh, well, you're an attorney; you can take care of that, and you can, you know, you can deal with that." Yeah, I can. It doesn't make it any less less fun. In the sense that you, I got a much different perspective going through a lawsuit when I myself was named and involved and had to deal with you know somebody that was coming and felt like it was stealing our business and trying to encroach and otherwise doing that. That it wasn't, you know, that it was getting into that having to deal with that folk defocusing away from what I loved and enjoyed, which is building the business, making it better, growing it, doing all the fun things of developing and helping other people had to devote and my time and attention away from that for a lawsuit for something that I thought was stupid and frivolous and wasn't worth my time. And yet I was, I had to, and that took about a year to wind through. And the interesting thing is, is at the end of that, we ended up going into simply acquiring that business saying, okay, you know what you actually have, some technology and some patents and other things that would make sense to fold into us. We just like to acquire you. And so we ended up basically buying out and purchasing that business and folding it in with some of the other things we were doing. And it turned out to be in the end, a great business, a great idea and a great way to fold things in. And yet at the time going through for a year to a year and a half of a lawsuit and going back and forth and, Getting the threats and having to go back and and, and counter, you know, countering what they were doing and everything else, it was just a miserable slog. It was a miserable time, and yet it was one of the things that, in retrospect, was a great thing for the business. We had great presented a great opportunity, and it's, it's since launched have been a launching board for some of the other things we've done. But at the time, it was one of the worst or most miserable experiences. What I did learn from that is that, you know, you have to be very careful who you associate with, who you pick as your partners, who you're involved with your business, because it can make a great business or it can make a horrible business. It can make for a great experience or a terrible experience. Um, So that's been, that's probably one of the experiences that has been the worst and yet also been result or outcome has been the best. Um, The last thing, um, one of the other questions I always ask is what business, what's the, what advice would I give to startups or small businesses? And it's usually as related to those. And, you know, I'm a bit of a different in the sense that I've, I've been involved with and continue to be involved with a few different businesses. And what advice I would give kind of as a common thread is one is always find what you're passionate about, what you can drive, and what you could add to. Because, you know, and it always sounds like saying everybody's follows your passion. And I always say a little bit different find what you're good at and what you're passionate about, and then follow that passion, meaning, I can be really passionate about something that doesn't is no applicability in the marketplace. Nobody's going to want, and I can have as much passion as I can in the world. I'm not going to be able to build a business around it. But if I want to do a startup, if I want to do a small business, then I need to find what I'm passionate about that I'm also good at. Marry those two things together and start that business. This other piece of advice I would always give startups and small businesses is um, figure out a plan. And I, I get, Whenever you do a plan, it's almost always going to come off the rails. There's going to pivot and adjust and change. But you always, you know, what happens, and I'm, I'm as guilty of it, and it's a lesson I've had to learn um, is that you get a good idea or you get what you believe to be a great idea, and you want to dive in full force. You say, This is a great idea. It's going to make me millions. It's going to change the world. And every time I tell my wife that, she would kind of just um, humor me, say how it's great of an idea, and then, you know, move along and that. And so, you know, what I always found was, is all those great ideas that I thought were going to change the world, oftentimes didn't, and they weren't that great of ideas. And yet I wouldn't do my homework. I wouldn't get a, a plan to see if I could actually convince myself from a business perspective, from an actual startup perspective, does this make sense? So two rules that I have. One is that I, if I ever have a, what I believe to be a good idea, I'll write it down on a sticky note or on a piece of paper, set it on my desk, let it sit there for a week. Come back and say, okay, do I still think this is a good idea? Do I still think I'm excited? And check and see if I'm still excited about it, passionate about it. Do I still think it makes, it's, it makes, is a good idea and makes sense? And if I can answer it most of the time, I just say, no, that's a dumb idea. That was one that I, I don't think it actually work or I don't want to pursue. And I throw it in the trash and I move on. But every once in a while, when I find those that I still am passionate and love after about a week, and I can still be just as excited about and still think it's just a great idea, then I go the next step. I get my idea from or what I wrote down as a, a na- on a sticky note or a napkin or a piece of paper and start to flesh in and okay what's my market who how much do I think can I sell this for is it defendable what's going to make me unique or different how many other people are in the market and I start to plan that out to convince myself whether or not now what is my idea makes a good business and I think that is one step that oftentimes startups just really need to do and yet don't now the one caveat I give is don't waste too much time planning, meaning you can always come up with the perfect plan, take forever, and then the plan gets thrown out the window the first day of the startup anyway, so to speak, and don't really throw it out the window, but it's always going to change. It's always going to adjust. So if you spend your days forever planning and never executing, you're never gonna get there either. So write the idea down, wait for a week, come back, get a minimal plan together that you can say, here's my market, here's how much I think I can sell for, here's some of the competition, Here's how I think I'm different. And then start to go out and execute. Um, that is, I think, one of the invaluable lessons I have learned throughout all of my startups. The the last lesson I've learned is um, you need to find the right people that make the difference in the business. So I always like always think as any good startup or founder thinks that I can do everything on my own, all by myself, and then I can always manage it. Um, and even if you can, even if you do have that skill set, which most of the time you, most startups don't have, um, you don't have the, all the time in the world to be able to do every task and everything, nor should you. You should focus on what you're the best at, what you can really contribute the most, and then bring in those people, whether it's hiring them, partnerships, um, investors, or whatever, find those people to that have the skill set that can actually make the difference in those areas that are their are best suited for. So I always look at and say, okay, for this startup, for this business, what What is my best skill set? Is it the patents and the trademarks, product development? Is it, you know, doing some of the marketing ideas? Is it doing the uh, manufacturing? Is it sourcing things? Is it the execution? All of those things. And I, I I have experience in all of them, but am I passionate about all of them? No, I'm passionate about some of them. So I say, whatever I'm passionate about really can add the best value. That's what I'm going to focus on. And the other things, I'm going to find people that are equally excited, equally as passionate, about those other areas of the business and bring them on and build that team. And it may be that they're all employees. I may wanna keep it all as the ownership for myself because I really just wanna keep the control. Or I may say, hey, I really want people that are, everybody's involved in me as I am with this business. And so then I'll bring them on and give them ownership stake or give them part of the business because it makes a better better outcome to have them in there and involved and excited and dedicated to it. So figure out what you're passionate about keep those for yourself and then build the team. So those are kind of a few of the things that I have learned as I've now gone through with several startups, continue to go through startups and small businesses run my own and to continue to build and grow them. So there you have it. That's my inventive journey. That's uh, what's brought me from um, MBA school, law school, engineering, Chinese up till today. Um, I still love and every bit as am passionate about startups and small businesses love to grow them. I don't need to tell you guys how to reach out to me. You should already know if you're in the Miller IP law, you have listed or listened to some of the other podcasts for those that didn't go to our website, Miller IP law. Um, and that is for the website is Miller IPL. So Miller, you can see in the background, background there, sorry. Um, and then IP for intellectual property, L for law. So Miller find out all about me, listen to some other great videos, listen to some other of the great podcasts and uh, really just find your passion, find your journey, find what works for you. And then, um, you know, I get that it's a lonely road. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you have those hills and valleys. Sometimes nobody else gets it where you are find a community, whether it's this community or others of people that have been through that and that you can get that support and that help. And the someone just to have sometimes lend a listening ear when you have that difficult time and that hard time. But uh, great, excited to have uh, everybody listening, um, to help out, to to hear everybody's inventive journeys. uh, It was fun to share my journey. Hope you guys enjoyed it too. Um, And thanks for listening.